Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, I'm wondering if you have remote employees or remote team members, or do you have franchisees in your network or multi-locations, multi-site business? Well, our guest today is Reza Farahini, who shares with us insights and practical suggestions for improving remote employee and remote location communications. Now, Reza is a serial entrepreneur and data science consultant who most recently co-founded and exited from WF Homey, people analytics tool helping companies embrace data to make decisions that will enable them to improve the employee experience and create productive environments, whether they're remote, hybrid, or on-site. Reza's experience has positioned him well to speak on all aspects of startup, from ideation to exit, and as a visionary in the future of work sector. So you're going to love this interview with Reza. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. I'm Reza Harahani. I was the ex-founder of Work From Homey and now working on a new product. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Really looking forward to our conversation. And One of the things that was of interest to us and led us to wanting to have you on the show was really talking about adding remote employees to your organization. It's something in today's world that is top of mind. Leaders and organizations are adding remote employees regularly, and companies that maybe did not have remote employees in the past are now considering it or have gone that direction. I would love for you to share a little bit about your experience and insight on how you can effectively add remote employees to your team. Yeah, when you talk about like adding a remote employee to your team, everyone talks about different stuff like, hey, visibility, culture. You, you go around like there's like a lot of words thrown around. But I think if you track down all of these comes with communication. It's like how well you're communicating. It's like you talk about culture, you talk about performance, you talk about a learning curve of the employees learning your stuff. It's like you go one by one. And it's like, okay, what's really behind this? It's like oh the communication. I think like I'm just giving you the answer of like the like at the start of the show, but we can like start exploring and you can see it just like goes around and it comes back to the communication at the end. So when you talk about communication, whether it's remote or in-person staff or team members, How do you communicate? What kinds of things might you do to help increase the effectiveness of remote team or remote staff? That's the part that there's no one rule to like for every organization, like where you fall short and you want to how to improve it. That would be a new method of communication. I just put it like, think about this one. Like if if you are not remote, yeah, you kind of start, like you go join a company, you start saying like, you know, how people act. You just start learning by copying someone beside you, yeah? So, or like how people do stuff, how when people come to office, when they leave, yeah? It's like, is it a nine to five situation or like a 10 to six situation or is like a 10 to midnight situation? You don't know. You start like picking up everyone's habit and just mix, mix it to create your own based on your expectations. So now that we are going remote, that doesn't exist, yeah? I cannot like... I don't have that bandwidth of communication that is like visually picking up the clue. So for every aspect of it, like so you need to bring that back to your team. Yeah. We talk about 
what, what is a lateral communication, hops down and bottoms up. Yeah. So it's like, hey, if I'm a manager, how can I see my team works in on? It's a bottoms up communication. It's like, hey, I'm a manager, but I want to tell my team what's the culture that I want to send to the company that become uh, top down communication. And it's like, hey, I want to see how my coworker works. And like, we can let us do lateral communication. It's just very simple, but then you start thinking about where you fall short and where you can build these bridges to make sure that that pipeline of communication opens up all the way through. Yeah. As you're identifying some of these needs from bottom up, top down, this lateral communication, as you described, how do you assess this or sort through this? I've met with enough organizational leaders and founders and CEOs of companies. And sometimes it's hard to identify where these communication gaps might be when you are in the middle of it, where you might unknowingly be the problem in the communication chain, especially when you're the leader of the organization. So are there some techniques or strategies or things someone might be able to implement to help identify where some of those gaps might be? Definitely. One thing is that you don't need to go, we, we don't call it the monitoring of like your employee, but you need to have data. Yeah. Not specifically like how exactly what person works. It's like the data about how your organization works. Yeah. An example of simple example would be like your meetings. If you have a sales team, you can take a look at meetings. If that person or a person in your organization has enough meeting with their team, if there is a one-on-one meeting between someone and their manager, or like you can go to even more like silos, like if your sales team talk to the marketing, sales team talk to the customer success but sales team. So you can start creating a map of what's happening in your organization, but by just looking at the metadata of like your organization. The good thing is like, about going remote, we talk about a lot of this stuff that goes down, is that all of this metadata comes to the surface, yeah? So before, I was like, hey, we are in the same office, like, Tom, do you need, I need some information. You might need to go grab a Starbucks. And like, that is not being recorded anymore, yeah? It's just off the book, off the thing. So we don't know if the team is doing well. On the other side, I could have seen that, like, I'm like a, as a director or an executive organization, saying, oh, my teams are going for the coffee. So I could see it but there was no record of it. Now there is a record, like there is a lot more information about like how your team or talk to each other. Now everything is either email or Slack or Google or what they call it, Microsoft Teams, or all the meetings are on Zoom or something. Like, you know, you have like an influx of data that you can look at it and see how your organizations operate. And at the end of it, it's just like, hey, where I'm going wrong and where I need to cover. We can go to the recommendation, what like, like that's what we built kind of at the end of the situation where you fall short and what you should do. But that's kind of like the the initial hint of how your organization operates. How about suggestions or ideas that you've seen implemented? So maybe someone goes through a, an initial assessment, they in, analyze things internally, and now they say, okay, we're ready to start implementing or making some changes do you have any common implementation or suggestions that you see other companies you or people you've worked with implement to improve that communication are there some common things you see one thing is like that applies across the board as we say we saw people are falling short is documentation you could be like in different location but more importantly like 
that can hurt your company will be in a different time zone. Yeah, if you have someone in Europe, someone in East Coast, West Coast, and that's the level of communication drop significantly. So you need to, how you make sure you are having flow of the information across your organization. That would be the do- documentation. Now you need to clearly state everything about your organization, what has been done, what's your plan for the future. So people can not rely on me grabbing time for a second. It would be like, hey, I'll go to my where the documentation is and start looking for it. I mean, these days with the merge of chat GPT or LLMs model, now you can also even make it even better. Like if you have the documentation, if you have everything, you can open up a channel that your team just asks ChatGPT, just like, look at this documentation and tell me what should I do at this moment or what happened yesterday or all of these questions. So number one is having documentation and that would cover lateral, tops down and bottoms up. There are way more options. Like I can go through it like, hey, frequent meetings across the organization hierarchy. That's another thing. Another thing that would be like making sure there is inform like informal meetings happen between the organization. Like there are a lot more we can get to it, but yeah, the main thing that I would recommend having the very very if you're remote, that's number one. You need to have good documentation of what's happening inside the organization. That makes a lot of sense, and really, what it sounds like you're describing is asynchronous learning or asynchronous communication, which allows for your remote team and staff to have access to tools and resources if a manager or a company leader or someone with that information is not available, that they can problem solve independently to find a lot of this information. Yeah, exactly. Because one of the things that can hurt your organization is like creating bottlenecks. Yeah. It's like, I cannot do this job until I figure out what this happens here. Yeah. So you need, you want to make sure if you are not available or don't have access to that person at the moment, that person can't have enough information to make a decision and move to the, like remove the bottleneck and move forward. Yeah. So as you mentioned, like that we call like the, the art of async communication, it's really important. That makes a lot of sense. Reza, this is a great time in the show where we, we make a little transition to ask you the same four questions we ask every guest. And the first question we ask every guest is, have you had a miss or two in your career and something you learned from it? So when I started the company, it was a remote company. I was doing a lot of things, you know, from, you know, you imagine from products, sales, accounting. And one thing that I did is like, I overestimated how much time availability I have. So in some pieces, specifically when we were remote, I started hiring not senior people. I said, hey, I have a junior person. I can help him to make the right decision. And I saved money here by hiring a junior. I think that was one of the big mistakes that I made. Like, and it just maybe push us back a few months of like launch. And if I go, like we regroup, we brought someone senior right away to make sure it cleared the gap because I didn't have the bandwidth or like just being the remote, just like didn't have to train my junior people. So if you're alone, like if you're running a company at the first, don't try to see, like either you do it or don't rely on the junior team members to like carry any burden. I mean, they are not equipped to doing those. So, and you don't have the time to train them at first. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, great lesson learned. How about a make or a success or two that you'd like to share with us? That's a good question. When we're work from home, and everyone talks about it. It's like, hey, listen to your customer. Listen to your customer. It's like what they want, and that's what they buy, yeah? And uh, one of these things, like literally a customer of ours who's a C-level in like one of the big fintech, they like literally describe the product as like, oh, if you have that, we'll buy it. And we kind of like, it's like, oh, that's a good. And we start talking to people, like, yeah, definitely I'll buy it. And we made that product. It was a simple product called like, it's a peer-to-peer appreciation kudos. It's like, hey, if you do something on a Slack, Teams, like WhatsApp, whatever you said, it's just like, hey, thank you, Tom, for doing that. And that created like a, a culture of appreciating, like bringing actually like more information that was very aligned with what we're doing. And that became one of the most successful products we launched. Just, just by listening to the customer. Yeah. So, I mean, it works. I would say if everyone says like, listen to the customer, <laughs> do it. It's not a hoax. It works. I love that. I love that. Great story. Well, let's talk about a multiplier. Have you used a multiplier to grow yourself personally or professionally or grow a business that you've started? Yeah, definitely. One thing is like, you really need to know the value of your time and what's your added value. So when you do that, it's like, hey, I'm a really good person to take ideas from zero to 80. I'm really good at like X, Y, Z, but I'm not really good at operation. Yeah. The amount of time you put on operation for me is like, it was so, so costly on me that I couldn't do what I'm really good at. And I, I just came to the conclusion, like, if, like actually that kind, that idea come from one of our investors. It's like, hey, find out what you're, you're really bad at and hire for that role. And that was such a great idea. We just, I'm not good at operation. We hired someone, who, she was really, really amazing at operation. And that just freed us up so much time from me, mentally and energy-wise, more than like, you know, the unit of time. That like, it just kind of multiplied my output after doing that. And even now, it's just like, even for a smaller thing, it's like, hey, think about what you're not good at Think about what is your strength and like create a situation that you pumping output day after day on what you are good at, because that's where the multiplier comes from. Yeah, that's excellent. And Reza, the final question we ask every guest is what does success mean to you? No, if someone says it's not all, like money, there is always money there. But, uh, you know, just ha- having success, like more freedom financial. But I, I I had the, my startup. I sold my startup. I worked in high paying roles in like as a management consultant. But honestly, what I look back and brings me the most joy is that when I make something and people start using it, and that's just now I define my success like that. It's like, hey, if I create something and people find added value at it and people use it, that's just like you know that's make make me feel I am creating something. That can create, that can add value in a way that I personally, as a person, couldn't. Yeah. So I cannot do that for everyone. But now I build a product that that product helps so many people. That's my definition of success like create products that touch as many people as possible. And like, you know, that is what I want to do in my next journey. Well, and Reza, before we go, is there anything you were maybe hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to yet? No, honestly, like the only thing is like, hey, I, 
right now working on my next journey is like very focused on AI. And I the reason is because I think AI, specifically Gen AI, would be the piece that has the most impact in the society. And like that would be very well aligned with what I define as success, as you would say. So just working on that and hopefully we'll launch a product in the next few months. Reza, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Reza said that in a remote setting, there is no cultural absorption through observation. I thought that was fantastic. And he gave an example where previously in an office, and I remember doing this many times, you might go out to lunch or go out for coffee and meet with team members and end up talking about things that whatever it might be for business-related topics that you might be reviewing. And today, in a remote setting or even a hybrid setting, it just doesn't happen as often. Takeaway number two is that documentation is critical to ensure the flow of information in a remote setting. And it makes me think about franchising as kind of the original form of doing this as an early on, you know, 100 years ago form of the remote team member scenario. And it also makes you think about asynchronous communication and information for learning. So when you have remote and hybrid staff, what kind of asynchronous communication and learning are you setting up? And takeaway number three came from the make that Reza shared. I thought it was fantastic when he said, listen to the customer. It works. And I thought that was amazing when he shared with us how it really worked for him. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is really acknowledging and recognizing that in a remote setting or hybrid setting, there is little or no cultural absorption through observation. And the win-win here is, number one, acknowledging and recognizing that. And I know we talked about this in takeaway number one. And the reason it's important to recognize it and acknowledge it is because then you can do something about it. So recognize it and do something fun. And one of our guests a few episodes ago, she does improv and said that lots of hybrid teams and remote teams were engaging with her firm to hire them to do improv over Zoom and do something collectively together. So I think that an idea like that or many other options like that, just to get your mind thinking, we linked her episode in the show notes here as well. So that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week.